0: I'm Adrian Schneer, Advancement Coach and Strategist, Lawyer and Professor, and you're listening to the Advancement Spot Podcast, the podcast all about academic and professional skills, strategy and mindset to help you make big moves to achieve a life beyond your wildest dreams. If you're looking to accomplish more and take your next steps with supportive and experience informed strategies, look no further. Let's get started. Hi, and welcome back to the Advancement Spot podcast. I'm your host, Adrienne Schneer, and I am so grateful that you've taken time out of your day to spend some here with me. In this episode, we'll be exploring the importance of mindset. In last week's episode on imposter syndrome, we started our conversation about mindset and the difference in how we perceive ourselves and our own worth based on our mindset, nurturing a growth or abundance mindset versus a scarcity mindset. I think it's so important to shed light on mindset because honestly, in my experience, working on mindset is like 90% of the work toward achieving and surpassing your goals. In last week's episode, I said that if I could give my younger self one piece of advice, it would be to start meaningfully working on mindset sooner. To give you an idea of just how important mindset is, I actually devote time to understanding and developing my mindset and learning about different theories of mindset. There is just so much to say here. But for today, let's start by defining why mindset matters. Who cares about mindset and why should you care about mindset? Well, mindset is the way that we think, what informs the decisions we make. How we think about and perceive others, family, peers, community, society, our world. How we think about and perceive our environment, be it school, work, home, or the broader environment in which we live and function. How we think about ourselves. And this is where we're going to focus today. Have you ever heard anyone say, just change your mindset. Just be positive. Don't think that way. Just change the way you think. Easier said than done. But what we're really talking about here is identifying our assumptions, our attitudes, our biases, and what informs them. So if you want to change the way you think, or change your attitude, or change what you think about yourself, you've got to start by identifying what your thoughts are and what informs them. Your assumptions, your biases, your worldview, your philosophies. Ever heard, I am the way I am and I won't change that is clear denial of the importance of mindset, identifying one's own assumptions, biases, and their unwillingness to question their assumptions and beliefs, and consider the need for continued growth and advancement. So, mindset informs the way we think, the way we feel, the way we perceive ourselves, and the world around us. So why are we talking about this today? Because the way we think feel and perceive ourselves and the world around us directly affects how we perceive our own opportunities for growth and advancement. Or conversely, whether we see any opportunities at all, whether we think we have a chance, whether we think we deserve opportunities or whether we think others deserve opportunities and whether we even try. Mindset can hold us back, but if we develop our mindset as our most powerful tool, it will propel us forward so far forward that our lives and mindset before will be unrecognizable. And especially now, as you consider your strategic advancement, and given all of the challenges that we have faced during the P word, I'm not even going to say it, lest I re-traumatize everybody in one fell swoop, we have all undoubtedly found ourselves continually needing to recalibrate our thoughts, our minds, our perceptions of others, the world, and ourselves in order to handle and process all of the drastic changes and challenges that we've faced. So let's define what we mean by growth or abundance mindset and scarcity mindset. Growth or abundance mindset, which I'll just call a growth mindset, rests in the perspective that anything that is important to us flows in abundance, whether it's opportunity, energy, support, money, Other tangibles and intangibles, anything that we want will flow to us in abundance and we will be ready to accept it when it comes. A growth mindset is one that believes and perceives that there are ever increasing opportunities for everyone, that everyone has a place and a space and everyone can have abundance and success and that our futures will be bigger and better than our pasts. Conversely, The scarcity mindset is stuck in assumptions and beliefs that anything that is important to us is scarce, getting more scarce, and is at risk of running out. Our futures will be worse than our pasts. The good days are behind us. When we fall into the trap of the scarcity mindset, we become fearful that what is important to us will run out or be depleted, that it's a zero-sum game. There's only so much to go around, and so the perception that more and more competition is required increases. That once whatever it is that we want is gone, it will never be replenished. No more opportunity. And we feel despair, hopelessness, helplessness, and stuck, probably with regrets of not just trying in the first place. The scarcity mindset also leads us to feel like things are just unfair and like we don't have the agency and autonomy over our own lives that we want to. We may feel limited in our abilities, like our efforts will remain in vain, like nothing we do will change anything, like our futures are predetermined and limited, like the only place to be is on top. So, with a scarcity mindset, we compete, we don't share. We don't offer to help others, we're paranoid and suspicious of others, we're afraid of losing our place, we believe the pie is shrinking, rather than believing that there is enough pie to go around. Oh, and also, believing that everyone even likes pie. Maybe some people are just uninterested in what you're interested in, and they're interested in some other baked good. Why does this matter? This affects how we perceive ourselves and competition. Remember my story in episode two about the chem lab sabotage? It wasn't clear to me at the time, but I can now see that my Fumehood partner sabotaging my chem lab results was totally a result of her scarcity mindset, seeing me as the competition and needing to be on top, regardless of its impact. I've seen the scarcity mindset hard at work in highly competitive academic programs, including at law school. For example... I participated in the OCI process, which, for anyone who isn't aware of what this process is, OCI stands for on-campus interviews, and law schools and law firms arrange periods of time for intensive interviewing for jobs at law firms. So, I participated in an OCI process. This one took place at the Reference Library in downtown Toronto. There was such hype over the OCI process. Many students participated, but many students did not. Many students applied to upwards of 30 firms, while others like me only applied to three firms because I was very focused on what I wanted to do. So basically, what happens is that you get there in the morning, you're given a schedule of the times of your interviews, and you're given a map of where all the interview booths are set up. The interview booths are set up in such a way that small 10 by 10 rooms are created out of heavy curtained walls. When it's your time, You line up with everyone else who has been scheduled to interview at the same time. And when the clock strikes, the line is released and everyone rushes to their curtained room in fear that missing out on 30 seconds of the interview will mean that you don't get the job or that you show up five seconds after the person in the next booth and you'll seem tardy. So there I was in line, hair done, makeup done, outfit and heels ready, freshly lint rolled. And I have to say that I'm so happy I brought a lint roller, side note, I bring a lint roller almost anywhere I go, because many of my peers needed it too, and I was only happy to share. How dare a piece of hair or lint ruin our outfits at such an important time. So I'm in line. 30 seconds before the clock struck, a person who I would have called an acquaintance at law school was in line in front of me. We were holding a floor planner map of the booths so that we didn't get lost. He turned around to me and said, oh, you're interviewing at that firm? Didn't you hear that that firm changed booths? I said, no, I hadn't heard that. He said, yeah, it changed. So you better go to this other booth. And he gave me a different number booth. Obviously, this was atypical in the process. So I asked one of the staff members who confirmed that, in fact, the booth had not been changed. I got back in line and he gave me a look, thinking that he had done his job to throw me off my game. I was fine. The interview went very well and that was it. To be honest, I don't even think he was applying to that same firm. But the mental loops he went through in that moment in order to try to screw up an opportunity for me is an indication of just how much his mindset was suffering. I have also seen in competitive academic programs that peers will delete each other's work or give each other the wrong answers when asking for help. Back when I was in my undergrad program, and this is before sources were digitized and available on library websites, I went to the library to find an important page in a book that a professor referenced. I got there, found the book, and the page had been completely ripped out. The point is, I've seen what a scarcity mindset can do to people and their perceptions of others. There are different ways that the scarcity mindset can play out internally, and in these cases externally, actually carrying out actions against another person. I also see the scarcity mindset play out when applicants are applying to academic programs or transitioning professional careers. There is so much fear around switching fields. Applicants think there's no space for me all of the jobs have already been taken, or other people have the job that I would have been suitable for. Or, as tech continues to boom, our jobs will be replaced by tech leaving us jobless. Rather than understanding that as new industries grow and require new expertise, people and their expertise are needed, and new opportunities, new jobs, new academic programs will arise. Or, Where there are finite enrollment limits in academic programs, which is the case in all of them, this breeds a terrible society-wide case of competition born out of the fear of scarcity. You see this in the admissions statistics each year, with the number of applicants increasing and the number of open spaces remaining the same. The competition can be tougher and tougher to stomach, so much so that completely and totally qualified people don't even apply or only apply where they think they'll get in, rather than understanding that there are so many programs and so many amazing opportunities to consider. What does this choice say? What does this choice to not even try, to not even apply, or only apply to limited programs because of fear that we won't get in? What does this say about what we think about ourselves, our advancement, our society, our world? If you've ever experienced anything related to the scarcity mindset, just know you're not alone. But it is definitely not necessary. You can absolutely shift the way you think, and it starts with perception. For example, when I've been in stressful, competitive situations, I remember that I've done all that I can to prepare myself, and I trust myself and my capabilities. I have compassion for my peers who are going through the same processes with the knowledge and understanding that everyone has their own challenges and also wants to achieve their goals. So I focus on being compassionate. It hasn't always been easy. And developing and evolving a growth mindset takes continued work. But along with it has come skills development, opportunity, growth, continued advancement, and more peers and colleagues than I would have had if I had been operating with a scarcity mindset. Rather than competing to stay on top, try collaborating. Rather than keeping information from others, try sharing. Rather than being afraid of the competition, focus on your own growth. Rather than believing that opportunities are finite, look into the world for infinite opportunities because they're there. Rather than having a narrow perspective about this one opportunity, Think big, think bigger, believe in yourself, and take chances. Rather than doubting your abilities, prepare and trust yourself. Your brain is magic. All you need to do is trust that when you nurture it with growth, support, and compassion for yourself too, you will have a much smoother time reaching for and achieving those goals. And you'll make more friends along the way. Oh, and you'll also have a much more glowing reputation of being somebody who helps, not hurts, who facilitates and collaborates, not competes, which matters. Trust me, growth breeds growth. So once you jump on this abundance bandwagon, be prepared for your steady and continued advancement, and you'll gladly take others on your ride with you, and you'll have the best time doing it. Thanks so much for spending time with me today. See you next time. Thanks for listening to the Advancement Spot Podcast. If you heard something today that helped you get one step closer to achieving the amazing life you want, and you'd like to learn more about working with me, I'd love to hop on a call with you to see how we can help you. So follow me on Instagram at applyyourselfglobal and send me an email at hello at applyyourselfglobal.com. I'd love to hear from you. Remember to subscribe so you never miss an episode. Leave this episode a review and share this episode with somebody you think needs a boost of inspiration and actionable tools to help them succeed. Thanks for joining me and see you next week.